So uh, I've been like dipping a toe into online dating for the first time in like three years. Oh, mm-hmm. God. And my strategy is to just like upfront list all the like staggering numbers of ways that I'm a total nerd. Uh-huh. <laughs> Did you so, put, like this has a Twilight podcast? <laughs> so I'm getting to that. Uh, oh. So like this one person <laughs> I had like mentioned, you know, the Dungeons and Dragons, the video games are general book situation uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and like biology obviously came up a few times <laughs> uh-huh but then they asked uh why i had such a expensive microphone <laughs> so, like when i say not even like um giving me a millisecond to reply they just said in the most like defeated tone like oh you do a podcast don't you (laughs) oh my Uh god how did you respond i was like obviously Welcome to another episode of Midlight Crisis, a real podcast hosted by three grown-up biologists revisiting books from our teens, and it's totally cool. I am one of your hosts, Sophie, and I have a randomly generated fantasy <laughs> name today. And she's uh-huh. been giggling since she generated it and went, Hannah, and I'm very concerned. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. Let's see if I can get through this one. Oh, no. My name. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Uh, (laughs) It's just I can't read it and, like, take in the meaning of it. Otherwise, I'll laugh. Okay. My name today is Willer Unprecedented Shadow. (laughs) (laughs) What what makes your shadow so unprecedented? So unprecedented. <laughs> I can't see When I was laughing over it, Hannah was like, "What what have you done?" It's like, "What have you done, Hannah?" Listen, I thought it would be funny. Was I wrong? Um, it was. You were so right. <laughs> oh, unprecedented shadow. Oh, in, in these shadows, these unprecedented shadows. In these unprecedented shadows. Oh, man. My least Great. favorite phrase of the past two years. Oh, my God. Anyway, who are you guys? <laughs> I'm Sam, but today you can call me Destata Wolfwinter. Wow, Whoa. I love that. Right? Dang, that is a character. That's so good. A real yeah. one. Destata is like Destata. Yeah. Destata Wolfwinter. Dang. I'm the main character. For yeah, sure. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. and i have a white wolf i've decided yeah. uh-huh <laughs> no one else has a wolf yeah nope, just me i i Dang. live in a universe where i have the last wolf and we're trying mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. um uh-huh oh, maybe i'm a villain <laughs> maybe you're Ooh. trying to end these unprecedented shadows <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I like that. There we go. That's the plot. We figured it out. Uh-huh. Remember to get uh, vaccinated against unprecedented shadows. Yeah, it's important. <laughs> uh, Anyways, Hannah. 
Mm-hmm. That's me. I am Hannah. But for the purposes of this podcast, you can call me Noro Vampire Wielder. Whoa! <laughs> yep. Dang. Yep. How does how does one wield vampires? Good please, question. Please yep. tell me. <laughs> I'm imagining them like shooting out of your hands. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking like <laughs> Breaking Dawn. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. Anyway, let's get into the podcast, shall we? <laughs> oh. Let's talk about Aragon. Let's. We read two more chapters of Aragon. I believe they're chapter 13 and 14, but at this point, I have no idea. And <laughs> I refuse to go back and count. <laughs> uh-huh. I agree. They are 13 and 14 based okay, on great. my notes. <laughs> Good. I'm glad one of Perfect. us is keeping track. Yeah. Yeah. Want to tell us about it? God. Yeah, definitely. So I have the lovely job of summarizing chapter 13 the madness of life which was a single page on (laughs) my ebook and so i really don't have a lot to say because garrow does ultimately die which is very sad Mm -hmm. and aragon is upset and so i don't feel right making this funny or anything so i'm gonna Mm -hmm. hand it over to hannah to talk about chapter 14 which a lot more stuff happened hannah yeah I had an interesting time uh, summarizing this one because uh, peek behind the curtain here. I first read this chapter a week and a half ago because <laughs> we had a fieldwork conflict and had to move things around. But I hadn't written the summary yet, so uh, the chapter was completely gone from my brain when I tried to write the summary. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> so <clears throat> yep. let's see how I did. Aragon wakes up in A Rider's Blade, which is the chapter title, and Saphira convinces him that they should engage in a revenge quest against these mysterious strangers that have killed his uncle. As Aragon creeps around town thieving supplies for this revenge quest, he bumps into Brahm, who reveals some shocking skills, abilities, knowledge, yep, information, all of the above. above. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Turns out, Bronn can speak to Saphira inexplicably, and he basically invites himself along on Aragon's revenge quest, then gives Aragon a red sword called Zarok that used to belong to a dragon rider. He also reveals that these strangers are mysterious creatures called the Razak, and that he knew that Aragon must be a dragon rider because of the Gedwe Ignacia, which, as you might remember, is the silvery scar that Aragon got on his hand when he touched Saphira, and it is the symbol of a bond between a dragon hatchling and a rider. So, with all that out of the way, and Brom and Aragon and Saphira officially committed to their revenge quest against the Razak, Aragon goes to sleep, <laughs> and the chapter ends. Hannah, um, what were what were those things called again? Razak. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I can say it without giving it a stupid inflection. That was so funny. Also, I just want to say how beautifully you said that tattoo word or whatever. Just like so eloquently beautiful. I was just like, yeah. Wow. See, that phrase has been in my brain since 2005 or so. Fair. So I got it. <laughs> I, I got have, it. I, I, I literally, got that that's one. one of those moments where I was reading and I like looked at it and it's just you go blah, blah, blah in your brain. Yeah. You're just like. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, because who actually cares? Except, unfortunately, <laughs> we have to talk about it out loud, <laughs> which is a problem. 
Yeah. Yeah. So because we're verbally saying these, you don't know uh-huh. that the both the sword name and the monster name have like the I think it's just I think like it's an apostrophe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. That's how you know it's a fantasy uh-huh. language. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. When you steal a glottal stop from <laughs> a language that actually uses it and put it in your language that is fantasy. <laughs> yeah. I don't really know how to do a glottal stop properly, but I gave it my best shot. Yeah. I think you did a great job. I had no idea that's what it's called. <laughs> no, it's, I always find that funny when you're like reading a fantasy novel and you're like oh the like fake fantasy language and you're like yeah they had to put the glottal stops in there so you yep. know it's exotic <laughs> like okay cool great <laughs> i have been using the official paulini.net audio pronunciation guide for aragon and sure. call out for mr paulini he does not have razak in there anywhere so i don't know oh. if i'm pronouncing it correctly what uh-huh but on the uh, characters list, just below Safira is a character whose name I cannot remember. But uh, I looked at the way it was spelled and I was like, the fuck is that? So I listened to it. And apparently at some point in this series, there's a character called <clears throat> Shurgnine. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Shurgnine. Shurgnine. No. Oh, no. Shurgnine. Oh. Jesus Christ. Can't wait for that. <laughs> yep. Hannah's I gonna edit it. this and just be like, oh no. Uh, anyway. So uh the sword's name is Zarak. Or there's a glot Zarak. Zarak. Uh, I feel like the middle of two R's is like not a good place to do a glottal stop. No, like it should be it should be a sound that's already at the back of your throat. Yeah, like like <laughs> that rock, not yeah. rock. Like the one word I'm thinking of is like Hawaii when you say it correctly, yeah. and so like that's already like your mouth is open. It's anyway. Continue Zal-rock. with what you were saying. <laughs> and he makes a point of like giving the name. He's like, here's this majestic rider sword. The sword is supposed to match the color of the dragon, but, you know, this will have to do for you. This sword is called Zarak, which, quote, probably means something personal to the writer who owned it. Yeah. Bum <laughs> doesn't know what it means, so, like, why <laughs> why even bring that up? Why like, bother giving... Yeah. <sighs> I'm sure we'll find out what it means. It's probably very dramatic. Yeah. Yeah, Brom is pretty extra. Yeah. <laughs> so extra. I feel like I read... I, I read a lot of tongue-in-cheek fantasy now, mm-hmm. more so than I did before. Or maybe just all fantasy kind of gets a little more tongue-in-cheek about, mm-hmm. you know, the high fantasy tropes. But yeah. I feel like there are just so many books I've read where they've, like, specifically been like, oh, yeah, named swords. Yeah, I don't name my sword because then I just have to keep naming swords because, like, I lose them all the time. <laughs> like, what do you do if you, yeah, if your named sword goes missing or breaks or becomes dull? Like, then what do you do? Zarak the third. Yeah, that's what I would do. Uh, and so that's all I ever think about now whenever I am reading a book where it's like, no, we're being serious. This is a named mm-hmm. sword. And it's like, okay, I guess that sword is never going to leave. Nope. I mean, if nothing else, Aragon is very, like, Aragon the book is very earnest. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's like, 
I uh, suffer a lot from secondhand embarrassment. And I do get mm-hmm. a little of that from this book because it's like, it takes itself very seriously. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know. It's endearing somehow yeah. in this book. It's obnoxious in some books, but in this one, it's like, oh, like that's that's nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad that I'm like past the age where I had to be ironically yeah. enjoying of everything. And now I can just be like, yeah, I kind of, yeah, Aragon, I'm reading it. And yeah, I like parts of it instead of being yeah. like, oh, yeah, I'm reading Aragon. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I saw a tweet this morning and it was along the lines of, what's the best thing about getting older and my immediate thought was not caring as much what other people think hell yeah yeah (laughs) don't get me wrong i still care a lot about what people think but it's less and that's amazing (laughs) yeah i have a lot of social anxiety but also i have put a lot of effort into being unapologetic about enjoying things that i enjoy and it's worth it yeah. If any of and you listening is... <laughs> yeah. are embarrassed by the things you like because they make you basic or whatever, don't. It's fun. We talked about this in Twilight. We yeah. Did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just be unapologetic about the things that bring you joy. Yeah. You'll find, you know, more people. Yeah. People usually respond by being like, oh, yeah, I really like that thing too, or whatever, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> then make fun of you. One of my friends has been listening to the Aragon audiobook because I mentioned we were doing this. And she was like, oh, man, I haven't read that book in so long. (laughs) And, like, the last time I got in her car, it was, like, scrolling across the top of her phone that she had, like, just paused it. (laughs) Wow. It's like, oh, man, the power we wield in this podcast with nine listeners. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. Only three of those are us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. I... You know how I go on, like, ridiculous deep dives. <laughs> I love it when you do that, except yeah, when it's parasites. Yeah, so do I. Yeah, it tends to happen more in chapters uh-huh. like the first chapter we read today, where there's only, like, <laughs> eight paragraphs. Okay. <laughs> Wait, what did you possibly... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> I have to it's... know. Legitimately, it's, like, a hundred words on this page. <laughs> I literally have three notes for that quote-unquote chapter. And hey, one of that's them is Aragon good. wakes up, which like barely counts because it's in every single he does one. Wakes that. up at every chapter. Every chapter. Both chapters this week, Aragon wakes up at Both the beginning chapters. and goes to sleep at the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> we should at the end we should go through and be like, we how should. many chapters did he wake up and go to sleep? <laughs> <laughs> at the beginning and end of all of them. <laughs> um, anyway, I looked up. So there's like a death ritual <laughs> mm. that they okay. do, I guess. It's just like offhand mentioned where like he knows Garo is dead because he has a silver amulet clasped around his neck and a sprig of dried hemlock on his chest. The last gifts from the living to the dead. And I was mm. just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> huh? What, is, mm-hmm. what are these? And so I tried to look up if there's like any historical evidence for like anything like this as a death ritual anywhere like i was like where did christopher paulini come up with this <laughs> uh-huh or did he just or was he just like you know what yeah silver amulet hemlock and i think that's what it was because i'm like most people know hemlock is like very poisonous mm-hmm. and uh-huh. in olden times people would take it as like a 
suicide <laughs> method. Yep. Because like every part of the plant is super poisonous. But just like a fun fact that I didn't know is that hemlock is an herb <laughs> in Europe, whereas mm-hmm. it's a coniferous tree here. <laughs> I just sort of assumed it was a coniferous tree everywhere. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, is what? it a different plant? It's yeah. a completely different plant. Yeah. What? Yeah. But they call it the same thing? Yeah. But are they both poisonous? No. So the oh. one in North America is not even slightly poisonous. <laughs> oh. Uh, and everywhere I was problem. looking. Yeah. Everywhere <laughs> I was looking it up, it was like, oh, yeah. And then when they came to North America, they called it hemlock because supposedly the crushed smell of the leaves smelled similar. And it's like, oh, my God. Okay. The way you said that makes me think that it doesn't actually smell that similar. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> but like. This is why we don't let white men do things. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. That reminds me of the thing that pisses me off all the time is when people name something for a stupid reason. Like, yep. uh, I used to occasionally, I guess we all used to occasionally work with a species of fish called black-bellied rosefish. And I was yep. like, they don't have black bellies, but like, that's weird. Whatever. It's probably just a silly name. And they named these stupid fish black belly <laughs> rosefish because when you kill them and cut them open, the lining of the abdominal cavity is like a dark color. And that's the feature that whatever idiots decided to name these fish in English thought yeah. we should use as the distinguishing feature. Uh. So like you can't identify like the, the name black belly doesn't help you unless the fish is already like dead and in your possession and you can cut it open. Yeah. Which is sort I of mean, like rosefish helps. That's true, but yeah, not the black-bellied part. No. It's like the same you... kind of thing where it's like, this is hemlock, because if you, like, take the leaves off of this plant and smush it up and smell it, it kind of sort of smells like this poisonous thing that we have back in Europe. It's yeah, like, if, you close, if you close one eye and spin around three times and then look at it, it looks like the other <laughs> hemlock. <laughs> it's like, that's useless. This helps no one. Like, Common also, why... Stupid. Why be like, we have one thing that's named hemlock, so we're going to name this other thing hemlock also, because that won't confuse anybody. (laughs) I mean, have you ever been to North America? Everything is just named after things from Europe. I live in Nova Scotia. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Literally just New Scotland. And the city I live in was named after a city in England. (laughs) So great. Yeah. Stupid. So, so some more facts about hemlock. Oh yeah, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It like so. If you're wondering, it looks kind of like the like carrot greens. Like it's related to carrots, so it's like the green part of a carrot plant. Wait, is this the poisonous hemlock or the? This is the poisonous one. Yeah, the the American hemlock is like a whole pine tree. Tree, (laughs) like it's a tree. (laughs) A tree. But some fun other names for poison hemlock okay. is poison parsley, spotted corobane, devil's bread, devil's <laughs> porridge, <laughs> and devil's beaver lettuce. poison. <laughs> Wait, what was the last one? Beaver poison. Yeah. Beaver poison! Beaver. Yeah. I like that they spe- uh, specifically call them beavers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The horrifying part about poison hemlock is that oh, no. if you die from hemlock, the way it kills you is like it asphyxiates you, like it tenses all the muscles in your mm-hmm. like throat. 
but it also tenses all the muscles in your face. Oh. So you have this like horrible grin. Yeah, it can be caused by like, yeah, it was, I, well, because I was like Googling, I was looking up like hemlock poison and then it auto filled to smile. And I was like, (laughs) I have to know why it auto filled to that. (laughs) It's called like the rictus grin and it happens to several things, not just hemlock, but yeah. Anyway, terrible. Horrible. So other than it like kills people, I don't know why it would be in this death ritual. <laughs> well, do you think Allegasia Allegasia? I think it's Allegasia. Yeah. I haven't listened to the pronunciation in a couple weeks. Sure. <laughs> do you think in Allegasia they have the tree hemlock or the poison hemlock? Since it's you know, fantasy is usually based on like European yeah. Europe, yeah. I'm but the author guessing. is American. Yeah. That's a good point. But hemlock is often used in like a lot of media as poison. Like okay. Yeah. Yeah, like I didn't I didn't actually know there was a non-poisonous version of it. Right? Like, exactly. I only I only knew of the poisonous version, so my guess is that he probably was the same, but who knows. Yeah, and I'm thinking since it says dried hemlock Mm-hmm. Like you don't really dry like a conifer. A <laughs> branch. It's already pretty dry. It's already, already pretty, pretty dry. Crispy. Um, <laughs> little crispy tree. Yeah. Oh, crispy tree. Yeah. Oh, crispy tree. <laughs> How deadly are your poisons? In the not at all. Tree that's you're named after and is actually poisonous, Plant. but you're not. And you're Plant. not actually. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Can you guess why I don't write the theme music for the show? <laughs> <laughs> but you're so musically gifted. Mm, I have so many mm. talents. Yeah. That's stunning. Yeah. <laughs> if you got, as long as I know you guys were worried yeah. that I wouldn't get here with one of my researches. Sophie, but don't I worry. swear to God, if you say it. <laughs> I only swear thing, no. The only thing that eats poison hemlock nope. is the poison hemlock moth. <laughs> Okay. Oh so, my okay. god! <laughs> Why is it always moths? <laughs> I mean, I was convinced you were going to be like, oh, it's a trematode that, you know, comes out too. of yeah. the anuses of goats, right? Yeah. Eats their intestines during the day and sucks on hemlock at night or some crazy parasitic bullshit. I mean, I think the poison hemlock moths' babies are parasitic on poison hemlock, but Not that's fine. <laughs> They said something about an ovipositor, so. <laughs> I hate this podcast. I like the fact that you went here <laughs> from just like what, however many words that chapter was. I'm just shocked. Literally one, one word in the chapter resulted in all of this. Wild. Now I know more, though. Thank you. Yeah, I also couldn't find anything about like silver specifically. I don't know. Silver is good against all of uh, vampires and werewolves and yeah, yeah, supernatural yeah. critters. Yeah. There were like a bunch of like medieval caches that were found where people were buried with silver. So I'm like, mm. ah, it was you know people probably couldn't get gold, so yeah. silver was like, well, we cared about this person have a silver amulet. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, now you know. <laughs> the, Wild. 
I feel like the only thing, knowing this information, that I can think of <laughs> with a hemlock it's like you give it to a dead person to be like, ah, you're dead now. <laughs> like, yeah, right? Like, <laughs> what, like, what else? If it's mostly just used as, like, a poison and recognized yeah. as a poison. Like, I was trying it, like, to you're immune out... to the effects of hemlock now because you're dead? Like, what That's the... what, like, because he specifically says, like, oh, it's a last gift from the living to the dead. I'm like, I was trying to find something like, oh, and hemlock represents, like, a peaceful afterlife. Or, like, yeah. I was like, there's nothing. <laughs> why hemlock like hemlock hemlock? is so often used in popular media as like an assassination tool yeah Yeah. and like they can tell that that's what killed someone because of what you said sophie like there's this distinct signs that someone's been poisoned by it so why is this something that like i don't understand unless it's like is it pretty i didn't i I need to look what does hemlock look like it looks like carrot greens like it doesn't look oh yeah that's what you said yeah like it's got the little like white flowers on. oh it's this thing yeah (laughs) well don't eat it sam (laughs) (laughs) it actually is invasive in a lot of north america yeah (laughs) yeah i was gonna say this is all over the place which makes it even more confusing well okay no there there's queen victoria's queen i think queen Queen anne Anne. (laughs) yeah whoever which looks a lot like queens yeah this isn't even like a pretty flower to bury right? someone with. That's very it's a strange choice. So weird. Normally we get into like what are the bi- like implications on the biology of this world from all the things that have been <laughs> offhand mentioned, but I'm like what are the cultural re- like repercussions of this? <laughs> I have so yeah. many questions. Yeah, what does it mean to give a dead person poison? Yeah. That like, says something. Are- what are the death rites in this land? I'm so confused. It's poison and silver. Yeah. And silver is either money or a weapon. It's an yeah. amulet, so it's probably protection. I do know in the exactly. Aragon universe also. that like gems are really important magical tools. Like the sword that Braum gives Aragon, they make a point of mentioning that it has a ruby, quote, the size of a small egg in yeah. the pommel. Because gems are magically important, and the bigger the gem is, the more magically important it is. Yeah. But silver's not a gem. No. So, but, like, maybe there's something also with metals, because, like, precious metals and gems are often kind of conflated together yeah. as, like, pretty valuable things. Also, specifically that it says amulet, right? Yeah. That implies that it's, like, protective for a purpose. <laughs> yeah. Can we yeah, guys? amulets are usually a protective <laughs> yes. thing, right? Okay. Wait, Sim. I need to go back to the hemlock. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> because I just read. Okay, so I just I I wanted to know, so I just been reading, and I found this thing about the relation to hemlock in Greek mythology, and it was often used by like Circe to dispatch um, male enemies, Ooh. which is also related to the plant's ability to destroy male potency, virility, and sexual <laughs> drive. Dang! Oh, Got to make sure the dead don't have any of that. I <laughs> just, I just needed to um, add that Put in. That I'm a, yeah, I apologize is... for interrupting your amulet talk, Hannah. <laughs> <Great>. But <laughs> I needed to. Well, now I'm just thinking about how either the corpses in this world are super horny, or <laughs> the people are super horny for corpses, and I can't decide no. which is worse. Oh no! Both are bad. 
Maybe it's I mean, like that's a... where you gotta have the hemlock, so nobody's horny for the corpse, or yeah. as a corpse. Maybe it's like poison, you put the poison on the corpse so that it doesn't rise. Like, maybe it's silver yeah. so it doesn't come back as a vampire and hemlock so you can kill it. <laughs> I just, as you were saying that, I had that same thought. I was like, oh, f- this is to prevent them from coming back as vampires, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> it might, yeah. Honestly, it might be with the silver yeah. and <laughs> this. <laughs> That's one hundred percent like something, and that's something that they used to do, isn't it? Like yeah. they would, wouldn't yeah. they stake people to make sure that like they never came back or something? Yeah, yeah. We talked about this in one of our early Twilight episodes. If you haven't listened to those ones, but there are all sorts of like yeah. wild rituals that various cultures would perform on their dead to make sure they wouldn't come back as a vampire. Yeah, maybe this is one. This is probably one. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> why does it always come back to vampires everything is either vampires parasites or moths yeah <laughs> yeah also just another from this like thing article i found apparently it's heavily associated with witches and like the devil in lore like whenever it's used so hmm. yeah i don't know but i can't Weird. find like a clear like sophie's i think you also were looking but there's no clear yeah. like this is what it means in a death ritual i feel like Helene just kind of like wanted like, to prevent vampires. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll find more out about the shade and like maybe yeah, it'll a... have something to do with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Since the shade's a vampire. Yeah. Yes. Is our working maybe... theory. <laughs> yes. Maybe the shade, the like the kind of vampire that is shaded in this is in this world is the kind that like comes from a corpse. And maybe yeah. this is to prevent, I don't know, evil wizards from turning corpses into shades yeah it could be and like hemlock could be like the garlic of that world because like mm. was it vampire diaries had that i can't oh it was called ravine or something but instead of garlic which is just obvious dumb lore but <laughs> not that it's dumb anyways but they <laughs> they had this like separate plant that deterred vampires that wasn't like common in lore so maybe that's like what deters the shade is hemlock i don't know maybe yeah. we're I, this is wild we've literally talked about this for like yep. 20 minutes <laughs> <laughs> who would have known wow speaking about <laughs> other weird creatures in this story yeah <laughs> the what were they the razak razak oh my god the razak the Razak. I think the emphasis is on the second syllable. Oh, yeah. Sure. You're the expert. Yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> I have so many questions about these things. Yeah, yeah. So they're like, well, A, they're cunning and full of guile. <laughs> yes. Can jump to incredible heights. Uh-huh. Cannot use magic. No. Nope. Strong aversion to sunlight. Uh, also, they have beaks. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And black eyes as large as your fist. Yeah. Yeah. They're a plague doctor. And twisted <laughs> bodies? Yeah. Whatever that means. Whatever that means. Basically, like, the concept seems to be ringwraiths or, like, dementors, like, that kind of yeah creature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, like Sam said, with the aesthetic of a plague doctor. My brain yeah. immediately went, like, these things are a plague doctor in my head. Like, yeah, that's exactly what I pictured. <laughs> yeah. My theory is that they're just a bird. <laughs> I yeah, that's 
that looks like a plague doctor mask which looks like a bird so it's just yeah. like yeah. it's just the plague doctor mask come to life in a weird dragon hunting creature yeah yeah this this was like the last note i decided to i like picked up on and decided to write about so this whole time i've just had like an entire google images page open staring back at me of night jars (laughs) (laughs) is that the bird you've decided they are they're they're night birds uh, they don't do anything during the daytime. They have giant black eyeballs <laughs> and they're, they have little beaks until they open their mouth and then they just have giant horrifying maws. <laughs> yeah, they're Aww. one of those ones that looks like a frog mouth, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are they they're good cute, mimics? Though. Because uh, the Razak are able to like speak and I think they have yeah. like kind of a weird timbre, uh, t- timbre? Timber? A weird tone to their voice, Timber. Yeah. Timber. I have weird energy today also. Uh, <laughs> they have a weird timber to their voice. Mm-hmm. Which is probably no, they because don't. they have beaks. Yeah. And No, they don't. Uh sorry, the night jars are not good mimics. Oh, yes. Okay. But the Razak Razak. The Razak are good mimics because they can speak <laughs> yeah. whatever the human language is. English. Yeah, I don't know. A mystery. But, like, there are birds that are fantastic mimics, even of human speech. Like, parrots, obviously, but even, like, corvids can learn, what is it, ravens can mimic human speech, like, even to, like, the tone of voice. Like, with a parrot, unless it's, like, an African grey, you usually know it's a parrot talking, but ravens can get human voice. Yeah. And then you get lyre birds, which can imitate literally any sound ever. (laughs) Yeah, I had, like, I thought about, like, minas or lyrebirds, mm. but, like, none of the mimics are, like, night. Like, they're all yeah. diurnal. Like, they're all day birds. Like, corvids. Oh, that's interesting. Why are none of them night birds? You would think that would be, but I'm not an ornithologist. I mean, I, I think most of it is that, like, at night, things are more likely to hunt by sound than by sight. Mm. So you don't mm-hmm. necessarily want to be like super, super loud. noisy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good point. I def yeah. thought these things were like more raven like though. Isn't there like a, a thing in D and D? Like yeah, isn't yeah. There a creature that's like a bird creature. Kenku. Yeah. 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 They're also mimics. Yeah. That's kind of what I was envisioning. Yeah. I mean. I was thinking that too. It's like a pretty apt comparison. The Kenku and the D&D lore are like cursed bird creatures that can't fly and like don't have their own voices. And they're very, you know, tricksy and cunning, which does kind of fit with what these guys are. Yeah. Brum also makes the point that there may only be two of these Razak in the whole... How? Yes. Town or not town, whole empire or whatever. Yeah. How? Yeah. Which, yeah, begs the question like, where did they come from? Why are two of them here? Why are they Presumably it's just the same ones the whole time if there's only two and they don't reproduce. And they must be immortal. Yeah. And they must be immune to disease. Yeah. I need to know more. They are described as like the dragon hunters. Like, whenever Galbatorix 
gets wind of a potential dragon rider out in the land, he sends Darth Vader, I mean, the Razak, to go and hunt him down. <laughs> so they're clearly, like, very strong and very capable of taking out very strong physical and magic users. But they can't use magic. But they can't use- I wonder if they're resistant to magic? But they can yeah. jump really high. They can they jump, can jump really high. so high, though. They're like if a bird was a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Make sure to bury your birds with a sprig of hemlock and a silver amulet. <laughs> come back as a Razak. Oh, my gosh. Uh. <laughs> I just, I don't understand the purpose of this, like, there's only two, like, yeah. they're dragon hunters, da-da-da. Like, they're clearly meant to be, like, the ring rates because like yeah. i thought i thought the urgles like that's i thought these strangers were urgles i thought the urgles were gonna be big kings minions like the orc are so then are the razaks supposed to be orakai or is it like a ring wraith like it's just why why Pelican? yeah i was why? i was confused when they introduced the razak as a third different thing like i was like yeah. oh, i definitely thought it was gonna be like the shade or other shades yeah or yeah why do we have this other thing and there's only two in the entire world i don't i'm pretty sure the razak have like their own weird sort of dragons that they ride on okay so they're they're the ring hasn't come up yet i think they're the ring race (laughs) yeah and the shade is only two yeah the shade is like a ring wraith that doesn't have amount <laughs> i think what the shade the is fuck? a completely different thing maybe the shade yeah. is the uruka or the shade is Sauron. <laughs> wait is the shade yep. with big king or galvatorix or whatever yes <laughs> big king big king yes <laughs> <laughs> i think so yeah okay wait so our empire has is headed by galvatorix who is an immortal dragon rider yeah and as his minions he has urgles which are probably Orcs. going to <laughs> yeah, they're orcs. They're like quote unquote savages, which yeah. I'm sure won't be problematic at all viewing from a 2021 no. lens later. Of course not. So he has the Urgles that are like his soldiers. There's the Shade, which I guess is his magic user, and it's some kind of vampire. And then he also has these two Razak, which are like <laughs> ring wraiths and also yeah. sort of like vampires. They're vampire night jars. Yeah. <laughs> So the shade. Okay, so the Urgles are the orcs, the shade are the Urukai, and the Razak are. I'm doing it wrong. Yeah, I don't think I don't think the shade. I think the shade would be. I think it's Saruman. Oh yeah. Oh Saruman. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, True. Because he does magic. Is he going to bring in something else then that represents the Urukai? What are the Urukai again? The Urukai are just intense orcs, right? Like they're half orc, half man. So they're like breeded by Saruman. Yeah, they're half man, half orc, and so they're breeded specifically by Saruman. So that's why when he's destroyed, they kind of go all by. Oh, cool. I know there's like extra tough Urgles. That's what I think. That's what Urukai are. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. good. But it's completely different from Tolkien. I'm just, Sorry. I'm just determined to make everything in this book <laughs> have a parallel to Tolkien. I'm sorry. I mean, so far, almost everything has been either Tolkien or Star Wars or both. Yeah. So. yeah. 
Yeah. So. Doing a pretty good job. Okay. Well, yeah. the Razak. 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 <laughs> can't yep. do it as good as Hannah. <laughs> are a complete mystery. And, like, my God, I hope we get more information. Because, like, I just, why? I literally have written in my yeah. notes, just why in caps. <laughs> like... If I remember correctly, they're like major antagonists in the series. Okay. Great. So All we right. will get more of them at some point. Hell yeah. Cool. Well, and they were in Carvajal, presumably chasing down Sephira because their whole yeah. thing is to yeah. kill dragons and dragon riders. Yeah. Right. And now Aragon and Sephira are going on this quest to hunt down the Rizak. Them? Yeah. So they're going to be hunting each other. Oh, um, so fun. Well, Love this. The Ouroboros is upon us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Brahm is also coming. And uh, he knows all of these crazy things about dragons. Like, he knows how to talk to Sephira. He, like, says something to Sephira that, like, makes her listen to him. He has this, like, dragon rider sword. He knows what the Razak are and, like, what they do. And then he basically goes, like, but I refuse to tell you why I know any of this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh. okay. He's such a Gandalf. <laughs> He's so- such a he's, he's a mix between Gandalf and Barda. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, yeah. He, he has a lot of Barda energy. Which for people yeah. who haven't read Del Toro Quest, he is the adult companion in those books who is just exasperated all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I it's like weird to me that I don't know, I feel like in these kinds of books where you have like, oh, the person and their like companion that like, they can speak to mentally, like their animal yeah. friend. Like Safira and Aragon are so like distant, yeah, in how they like treat each other mm-hmm. for having been connected for like months already, literally since Safira was born. Like she's never known a life disconnected from Aragon. Yeah, it's so weird to me. Like, uh, I don't know. It's I don't really know how to describe it without you know <laughs> referencing like a bunch of books that I've already referenced before, but like. <laughs> Yeah, it just seems like they're two separate people who, like, maybe don't super care about each other yet, but they can speak to each other's minds. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's not much indication within the text that they, like, get along. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're bonded. Yeah. <laughs> and they seem to be of the consensus that, like, whatever they do, they do together. But you don't see any, like, affection... Or, yeah. like, protectiveness or anything, really, between them. Yeah. Well, and Aragon even says, at one point, near the beginning of the second chapter, where Saphira has talked him into, like, going to hunt down the Razak for revenge, he says, nothing is more dangerous than an enemy with nothing to lose, in reference to himself. And I was like, you're the only living dragon rider in existence. Yeah. You're the only person who has hatched and bonded to a dragon. How do you have nothing to lose? Yeah, you have you a whole other dragon who dragon? lives in your head. Like, yeah. The heck? Do you not care about her at all? Yeah. Aragon is very selfish. He is very selfish. I guess that's the 15-year-old that uh Sophie you were looking for. Oh yeah. In one I'm of so the chapters. Excited. Yeah. <laughs> I it, it feels like like the feeling I get is rather than like a baby who grew up in Aragon's head that he raised while mm-hmm. mentally connected, it feels more like two adults that suddenly got like mind melded <laughs> and they're like trying to figure out how to deal with each other. Yeah. yeah. 
That's exactly <laughs> how it is. Because, I mean, you never get any indication from Safira that she is young, basically. Yeah. She thinks and, like, acts like a very ancient creature a lot of the time. Yeah. And, like, even when she carried Aragon off, it wasn't with the feeling that, like, she needed to protect him, that she was worried yeah. about him. Like, it was that he happened to be on her back and she fled by herself. <laughs> yeah. It'll be interesting to see how that develops. Yeah. Because I'm sure it will. Like, it has yeah. to. Yeah. It has yeah. to. Otherwise, Hannah will be sad. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I have to rethink my whole favorite genre of <laughs> dragon books. Dragon books. I found it funny when Aragon takes Saphira and Brahm to this, like, super secret, concealed oh, yeah. bramble part of the pelt. forest. Yeah. Bramble, bramble pelt. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're not reading Warriors. <laughs> but, like, when he describes it... He's like, the irregular clearing in the center was just large enough for a fire, two people, and a dragon. Yeah, how big is that? I was like, your dragon is like 100 feet long or whatever the (laughs) f***. Like, so it's just like a football field. (laughs) (laughs) It's like extremely tiny. My 100-foot wingspan dragon (laughs) could fit in. (laughs) That's big. Well, it's Mm -hmm. also like, we don't really have... A perfect sense of how big Safira is. Like we know she's a little bit taller than Aragon, but we don't know her wingspan or anything yet because she's still yeah. young. She's only three months old. So saying that this clearing is big enough for a dragon, it's like how <laughs> how big is the dragon? Like is she the size yeah. of a horse? Is she like a Clydesdale horse at the moment? Yeah, or like or gigantic. Like, I, th- I think Kalini suffers from not understanding sizes and distances because <laughs> they seem to go back and forth from Carvajal to that cottage very fast. Yeah. And wasn't it like yeah. 10 kilometers or something? Like it's a it was a long distance. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was around 10, but it was like something that definitely cannot just be done leisurely. Yeah. And like they just go back and forth like it's like nobody's business. Like it's so it's like the dragon fits Wherever she wants, they go back and forth. These are very magic. However fast they want, there is no logic in how we get to and from because we just do. And the dragon, if it fits, it sits, and it just fits everywhere, so it sits everywhere. Anyways, oh yeah, Uh, Aragon's house was ten miles from Carvajal. That's what I was like. I think it's ten miles. (laughs) That's so so far. far. That's so far. So far. And they're just like, oh do it back and forth. Like, wasn't it like an eight hour or nine hour walk is what we estimated? I'm pretty sure. 16 kilometers? Probably not quite. Oh, it's long, probably like four or five hours. Woods. Yeah. 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 It's still a long walk. And That's a just long time. Going back and they're and just forth casually the doing that? Like, what? Yeah. It's I mean, wild. I guess you got nothing else to do. <laughs> That's true. It's a fantasy. Yeah. Uh, Feudal People system. Walk, yeah, they walk all the time. Yeah, that's all they do. I feel oh like that's what they're going to be doing on their revenge quest, is just walking everywhere. Yeah. Until they get horses. And one of the yeah. horses will be white and have a name like... Shadowfax? Snowball or Shadowfax, yeah. <laughs> Probably Snowball. <laughs> snowball. Or it's going to be like Snowfoot or like Mist. Yeah. 
dancer eyes. or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, got the uh, got the or name. Shadow, get the gen- here's our horse name for this. <laughs> our horse name generator. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Wait, I forgot that I did math. Oh. Oh. Because last time we were talking about how I should do math for this time. Oh yeah, how fast Safira can fly based on the distance from town and how fast she gets there. Oh, yeah, yeah, hold on. I have to open those notes because I definitely did them while we were recording and then never said anything. <laughs> yeah, so I don't remember what any of these um, numbers that I did the math <laughs> with are for, but yeah. I have five times. <laughs> what? Uh, oh, it was five miles Ten in one miles? hour. Oh, okay. I think that was maybe human walking speed. (laughs) So I did the math from Aragon, like walking the same distance that Safira flew to. Okay. So I did like the average human walking speed. And then I think I went like a little bit faster because Aragon walks all the time. (laughs) He's probably super better than most people. Uh So, and then I had the number of hours it would have taken him was 29 hours. That can't be right. Well, for him to walk, it took him two days from dawn to dusk. And then he arrived at dusk on the third day. So I've lost it. I don't know what's happening. Okay. So he walked during the day, slept, walked during the day, slept, walked during the day until dusk. Okay. And then arrived. Gotcha. Yeah. So like two days plus to dusk, which I had as 29 hours. Sure. (laughs) Because dusk in Europe in November is like 4.15 PM. So I just assumed that's (laughs) when it would be. Listen, we're playing fast and loose. Mm -hmm. And then Safira did the flight from like dawn or like shortly after dawn because Aragon woke up and the sun was already up. Mm -hmm. And then they arrived in like, early afternoon mm-hmm. so i said like 8 to 2 p.m so that's six hours okay so we have average human walking speed how many hours it took aragon to go and then we have how many hours it took safira okay. to do it so in theory we can figure out the speed <laughs> that safira can fly yes so based on all of that i had safira's flight speed at 39 kilometers per hour <laughs> It's okay. pretty fast. It's pretty yeah. fast, but like a also cyclist, a good cyclist can go faster than that. Not yeah, me, but like a good one. Yeah, I feel like a dragon. I mean, I guess she's a baby. Faster. Oh, that's a good point. She she is three months old carrying an Aragon. Yeah, that's true. But like the thing is, is that like <laughs> pigeons could fly like way faster than that. Oh, yeah, like fidget pigeons, pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> Pigeons average like 75 miles per hour. Okay. Which is what? super fast. That's really, really fast. They don't go very far though, right? They don't like migrate at that speed. What speed yeah. does like a Canada goose migrate at? I mean, peregrine falcons are very fast, but. They're very fast. I feel like Canadian goose is fast. A goose can fly at over 50 kilometers per hour. Yeah. yeah that, so that checks. So Safira is slower than a goose. Yeah. Probably less fearsome. I mean, they're smaller, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, she should be stronger. 
Like, she's bigger, but doesn't that just mean that she should have, like, a greater wing surface area and, like, stronger muscles and therefore be able to go further on each wing beat? I'm pretty sure, like, bigger birds are slower. Gooses are big. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big goose. (laughs) Yeah, and they're slower than (laughs) all of these falcons. Anna, what was it? But Saphira's slower than a goose. (laughs) Saphira is slower than a goose, but a goose is a big bird. A goose? Right. Gooses are... (laughs) Goose. (laughs) So it makes sense that Saphira being bigger than a goose means she's slower? But shouldn't she be... That makes sense. Okay, I'm thinking of, like, Game of Thrones and, like, Daenerys Targaryen's dragons. Like, I I feel like they... They're like quantum dragons. They can get anywhere immediately. Yeah, so that's when, like, the bigger they are, the faster they are, because their wings are bigger... So, but like, but like, bigger birds are slower uh-huh. than smaller birds. That makes sense. Yeah. Over As like sustained flight, though. Yeah. Yeah. Like, horizontal speed. Yeah. Weird. What? I don't I know mean... why that's surprising to me, but it is for some reason. I'm. Yeah. They. They just have like more mass, so they, yeah. they have more drag. Yeah. And I mean, I mean that makes yeah. Aragon's also a drag. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in more ways than just that. Such a drag. But uh, I'm also imagining that like Safira, like her body can't be that aerodynamic. No, right? No, like, especially if she's a hexapod. Yeah, yeah. She's got just like two limbs just like dangling down there that shouldn't be yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. She's not like the ideal torpedo shape. No, yeah. not at all. <laughs> so the aerodynamics yeah. of a bumblebee with legs, with big legs. Yeah. I mean, if we're going off the theory that like she magicked or dragons magicked the wings onto a non-aerial creature. Uh-huh. <laughs> or wait, did we one might say. Decide that they magicked the wings on or that they magicked the front legs on. I, I think don't the remember. wings. I think it was yeah. the wings. Yeah. Either way, there's a very high level of suspension of disbelief. Yeah. So To suspend whichever. this dragon in the air. Sus- yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So Saphira can fly quickly, but not like a standingly quickly. She's not like a vampire. She can't yeah. go Jeep Wrangler speeds. This but- is the problem because like, again, in th- this was a situation where like, they specifically say that she's trying very hard to go fast. Yeah. So it's not even like we can, I mean, I guess she's still a baby, so we can write she's it off as baby. that. But yeah. it's like, but it specifically said she's going faster than she normally does. <laughs> well, maybe like, how do I phrase what I want to say? Maybe dragons are more endurance creatures than sprinters, like people, right? Like people can walk forever, but people yeah. can't run forever. And maybe it's like dragons are built for long distance, but not speed. So f- her trying to go fast is still like not necessarily that impressive. Yeah, or they could even be made like not for sustained flight. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe we'll find out. Maybe. Perhaps we shall. Perhaps we shall. Uh, yeah, that's... Uh, do we want to take a guess on what's going to happen next? So the next two chapters are called, yeah, I don't know how we're going to guess what's in these next two chapters, (laughs) because the next one is called Saddle Making, 
Ah. And the one after that is called Theronsford. <laughs> ah. Wait, what's Theronsford again? It's the name of a place. Yeah, oh. it's the town where Roran is now. Okay, so yeah. he's going to make a saddle and then he's going to go fly and talk to Roran and tell Roran that Garrow's dead. Yeah, yeah, probably. Or at least go to Theronsford. Go to Theronsford, yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe he'll chicken out and seeing Roran. Who knows? Yeah. I feel like this is me speculating. I don't actually know. I feel like Aragon and Roran don't see each other for like a really long time. So okay. I, okay. I don't think they meet up, but I feel like Aragon must like angst about it. Like, oh, Roran. Yeah, maybe my he brethren. Dips. My king. Maybe he just makes sure that they're. He's okay. Oh, yeah. I have looked in upon you from afar, but alas, yeah. we can speak not today. <laughs> Hannah's leaving the podcast. <laughs> I was gonna say, I think Hannah left. <laughs> <laughs> She's getting all emo about these family feelings. Yeah. <laughs> Walking it's away. Good. Yeah. All right, we got that. Yeah. Nailed it. Perfect. Love First it. try. Um, it was really hard, but we got there. Uh <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's talk about what other stuff we're reading. Yeah. It's been uh, the normal amount of time between recordings which has yeah. not been how we've been doing it for the past couple episodes so i've read a lot of books since uh-huh. the last time we recorded yeah yeah i read foundry side because i'm extremely behind on our book club <laughs> and i am currently reading watership down <laughs> yay the other book club book and then i finished paladin's hope which is like the new book in my favorite author's series currently which is t kingfisher it was so good it was so queer and good and puzzles and magic uh anyway uh and then i am currently reading also other than watership down (laughs) i'm listening to the audiobook of the city of brass which i'm having a great time and then i'm also reading the phantom toll booth wow which is the best middle grade book on the planet that's a middle grade book Yep. Oh, I thought it was like a grown-up book. Nope. One of those ones that's just like full of ennui. <laughs> I don't. Now I don't know where I got that impression. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I don't know where you got that impression. It's like a, it's fun. Anyway, it's like my favorite middle grade book, huh. so I'm rereading it because nice. I purchased the physical copy. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What about you guys? All right. So I realize this episode comes out in December. But I've also read a lot of books because I listen to audiobooks <laughs> at insane speeds now. And they all are very Halloween-esque. Um, so, <laughs> oops. Anyways, uh, I've listened to The Power by Naomi Alderman, which is about women all of a sudden getting electric power and then the men being terrified. And it's great. Ooh. Like, I think I would have rather read it than listen to audio, but anyways, good book. And then I listened to Tuesday Mooney Talks to Ghost at Sophie's Recommendation. Also good little Halloween kind of vibes because there's ghosts and things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe yeah. a murder. Maybe a murder <laughs> mystery. ghosts in the book called Tuesday Mooney Talks to Ghosts. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. So kept with that. And then keeping with that theme, I just finished today The Year of the Witching by Alexis Henderson, which very spooky. Very Wait, spooky. Didn't you start that book yesterday? Yes, I did, Sophie. Yes, okay, I did. 
I just finished it because I listened to it at 1.7 speed. So it was only like <laughs> seven hours. <laughs> oh my God. Amazing. Yeah. And so then the one book that I am physically reading <laughs> that haven't finished and have been reading for a little while is The X-Hex by Aaron Sterling, which is a Halloween rom-com. And it's very cute. That sounds cute. Yeah. So... We're definitely not recording this when this weekend is Halloween. <laughs> nope. Definitely. Definitely not. Definitely, definitely not. not. I just went full yeah. seasonal on my uh, October reads. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, Hannah, what are you reading? I have listened to like a couple audiobooks since our last recording. I'm currently listening to Shorefall, which is the sequel to Fandryside. <gasps> Ooh. And it's very good as an audiobook. I know, yeah. I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast, but we've talked about it among each other that like the performance of an audiobook mm-hmm. is like so important. Mm-hmm. And yeah. this one was really good. I imagine the first one is probably also really good. So if you're looking to read Foundryside or Shorefall, that might be a good way to do it if you're into audiobooks. Yeah, I can confirm. I listened to Foundryside, the audiobook, and it was very good. All yeah, right. it's really well done. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you finished um, Under the Whispering Door by TJ Kloon, which I mentioned last time. It was very good. It did make me cry. I guess kind of seasonal because it's also about ghosts. Um, (laughs) But like not. Seasonal for December 7th. Yep. I didn't mean to do this. (laughs) Seasonal to the previous season. And just last night I finished... A uh, different book that I was reading in paperback that I don't really want to listen. Uh, it was it was was it good? It was so bad. Oh, it yeah. was terrible. But I don't want to say what it yeah. is because it was like just self published by like a local author, and I put it up at a local event, and I was like, "Oh, this is so cool! It's like her debut book. This is so neat!" And then it was really, really bad. Uh, yeah. Listen, folks. Hiring a professional editor is probably something that you should consider if you're writing a book, even if you want to self-publish it. Let's just say that. Yep. And yeah, so I just finished that one last night and I haven't started a new hard copy book yet, but I do have... Oh, that book. Hold, please. (laughs) I have... I have... I have... I have... I have Kenobi. By John Jackson Miller, which is a Star Wars Legends novel, but it's about what happens to Obi-Wan Kenobi as he lives on Tatooine. And then it's December, right? Now, as we're recording this in December. So our Midlight Book Club for December, we decided to pick an actually appropriate holiday (laughs) Uh (laughs) rom-com book. And we're going to be reading In a Holidays by Christina Lauren. Yeah! Yeah, so if you want to join in on reading that book with us, please do. If you liked this chapter of Midlight Crisis, consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. You can talk to us about in the holidays, I guess, uh, and find fun related (laughs) content on social media. We are at Midlight Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and all chapters of the show thus far are available on our website, midlightpod.podbean.com, and on YouTube. You can uh, tell us what Halloween books you were reading in December, <laughs> like us. Yep. What's your favorite December <laughs> holiday ghost book? <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, I guess there we is a Christmas a ghost book that's like super famous, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. you're not allowed to say Charles Dickens. <laughs> <laughs> Off limits. Yeah, and get hype for our next episode because it's going to be our <gasps> Christmas episode. So <gasps> if you haven't listened to last year's Christmas episode, please go back oh and do that. It it's was so favorite. fun to do. I know I should say that all of my our episodes are my favorite, but um, that one's my favorite. And we're going <laughs> to do something similar, hopefully, this year. So mm-hmm. stay tuned. <laughs> and turns out fantasy winter is a lot like Canadian winter because Aragon. In the time when nothing moves and life waits for the first warm touches of sunlight, is emo as hell. Remember to take that <laughs> vitamin D for that seasonal depression, folks. I know I am. Uh, <laughs> poor Aragon. I like how we talked about how it is not winter yet, but we did put winter in our <laughs> we outro. Did just we quit. knew. We understood uh, the assignment. Listen, it's Canada. It's, October it's, 31st yeah. is winter. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. It's cold. <laughs>